You're listening to Creatively Human with honest conversations about what matters to us and how it really feels to build an online business, put our work out into the world, make an impact in our own unique way, and importantly, to get well paid for it. I'm your host, Ruth Poundwhite, business mentor to quietly ambitious humans. Hi, and welcome back to another interview on the Creatively Human podcast. I loved this interview. It is on a topic that I could talk about all day. I'm chatting with mindset coach and success strategist Nicolina Werther, although I'm pretty sure I've mispronounced her name, so apologies, Nicolina, all about what it means to be highly sensitive versus introverted versus an empath and the benefits and drawbacks of attaching ourselves to those labels. We also talk about shyness, selling, and the importance of stretching your comfort zone. Just to let you know a little bit more about Nicolina, she is on a mission to empower those who are quieter or less seen to reach the same levels of success, joy, and love as the louder, brasher ones. Central to that is combining the gifts and talents of a gentle person with the emotional maturity and habits of those who are already living at a higher level. If you are quietly ambitious, if you are sensitive, don't have to be introverted, but if you're introverted as well, I think you're going to really love this episode. So enjoy. Okay, so can we start by diving into the differences or potentially even the similarities um, between all these different terms that we've all come to identify with like introversion, high sensitivity, empath and all of that? Sure. Yeah, Um, that's (laughs) a good question to start because I do (laughs) find they're increasingly overlapping. Yeah. So uh, I think the most common one out there is either introversion and extroversion. I mean, that's just one of these five personality traits where psychologists used to (laughs) point to. Mm-hmm. Um, and possibly I, I'm throwing in shyness there as well because I get confused. Yeah. Um, and it's funny, actually, I did recently, I think, Google again, introversion, because I'm like, there, there are lots of definitions out there. And we can get to those in a moment. But the first thing that comes up is still shyness and reticent. I'm like, really? That's so interesting. <laughs> I didn't realize that. Yeah. Yeah. It's just after, I mean, there's so much research came out, I think, over the last 30 years or something, or even before, that introversion is, and that's my definition, really more, or like, I guess, a common one about being more focused inwardly, Mm. um, you know, and being more energized by ideas instead of by groups of people or by people, which would be the extrovert. They they're just more stimulated by the outside stimulations Mm. and introverts are more stimulated by the inside stimulations. Um, And yet it still sometimes gets confused. And even there, I already feel tempted to say and that already sounds to me very like a sensitive person, because if you're generally quite mm. finely attuned to stimulation, that that leads already to high sensitivity, I think. Mm. Um, and that's where it gets confusing because they overlap sometimes, I think. Um, so what would be high sensitivity then would be, um, yeah, just you, you know, I mean, you notice a lot of stimuli, but um, you process them also more deeply. So anything, uh. be it, you know, physical or thoughts or emotions or anything in your outside or inside environment like internally or externally is just anything you just process it more deeply Mm. and yeah so I I guess I can see why sometimes high sensitivity and introversion get kind of confused 
but theoretically they're not the same because you could be just introverted but not so hypersensitive yeah yeah i i know extroverts who are highly sensitive as well yeah 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 yeah, yeah definitely they do what are the signs of this processing things more deeply as a highly sensitive person well that's a thing i mean the way i see it often is again maybe more thoughtful more quiet mm. um obviously maybe not too much in high stimulating environments or only for short times because you might otherwise get overwhelmed and then we're back to oh this sounds very introverted (laughs) but it's not necessarily like you said it could be but it isn't I mean I think at the moment the research still says it's like 70% of uh, high sensitive people are introverts but that's I think still Elaine Aaron's work so I don't know if there are any new numbers by now Mm. Um, yeah um, how else could it play out um yeah i think that that are for me they are the main hallmarks so just yeah puts this kind of pause to check i think it's sometimes called like before you so they can be also more deliberate maybe because they yeah they just think about things or they process or they feel them more i see yeah before is that how you experience that yourself yeah i think so i don't relate to all of the traits of highly sensitive people and I guess that's the thing as well you don't have to fit into a box of all the things in the list but um definitely not no lots of them yeah no that's that's the thing yeah it's a spectrum isn't it like you could be and the same with with introversion extroversion you could be maybe also introverted just in certain areas but not in others Mm. and there's also like a social introvert which actually can be quite social, but they're still introverted and need downtime to recharge, but they can be quite social. Yes. <laughs> that's, where, that's where it gets really blurry. Yeah, exactly. And also it shows that you can't exactly judge, like you can't necessarily judge someone by how they may appear to you. You don't know, like they could be really sociable, like you said, but they need that time on their own to recharge. And we don't see that, you know, if it was a friend or whatever. So I find that very interesting as well. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Um, I think that leads sometimes into why uh, some, I'm thinking of Susan Cain's work where where I think she starts, or she writes at some point about how so many of us, we kind of have this pseudo extroverted persona (laughs) just to fit in somewhere, even though we're not really. And it's true, like in certain environments, you kind of, yeah. Yeah. Pretend you're that. <laughs> yeah. So where do empaths fit in on this like uh, scale? If it's it is actually, one? yeah, it's actually a word I don't use so much myself. Mm-hmm. Theoretically, I think it just means that um, yeah, they're very susceptible to what others feel. So obviously, empathy is really high as a strength for them, um, or <laughs> their downfall, <laughs> depending on how you look yeah. at it. No, generally, generally it's a strength, and it, it. I think it just really focuses on the emotional part of high sensitivity that you just really feel what other feels. But generally, I think a high sensitive person could do that if they if they have this particular part of high sensitivity, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So just to be clear, which of these kind of terms do you resonate with? Um, I know I'm predominantly introverted, but not extremely. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm possibly sometimes also fall in the middle. I, I do like, for example, 
I do get energized by people, but I also need the downtime. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I'm definitely highly sensitive in different areas. You know, I think sometimes they say often people who are highly sensitive also can come with things like allergies or, you know, physical mm. things where we just react to the environment stronger. Mm. Again, doesn't have to be, but can be. <laughs> yeah. Um, so for me, yeah, definitely. I mean, I definitely, for example, have a couple of allergies, um, but that's maybe not the most... Um, common thing to say when you talk about high sensitivity um deliberation again i, I did the clifton strengths finder i was trained on that at some point and I, I have i don't know it's good for some things but like all these personality tests but for other things i was like really yeah. <laughs> because they have this strength of being deliberate and they leave it at that either you have it or you're not kind of thing and i was like well there's way more to that yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, like overthinking, for example, um, which, which sounds very negative. It just, I just mean thinking a lot about something which can be super helpful. And we know, you know, like creativity and, and research, and there's so many things where you just need the deep thinking and it does, ca it can come with a downside of overthinking or like not getting into action. And that's yes. where for me, it gets really, really juicy because then we're all of a sudden in a whole other area of oh, hang on, like we're having all these really nice quality about being sensible and, you know, picking up more from the environment and noticing more how other people are and whatnot. But then we can also get into our own way because all of a sudden we don't know how to navigate these things in a, in a world that is often more focused on, let's say, extroversion or being more loud. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if that answered your question. I'm just thinking if there's anything else where I would yeah. say I'm sensitive. Yeah, empathy, definitely. I mean, yeah. but that's something actually I think I had to learn that, that I actually can pick up lots. I think I had closed that down originally because possibly it was overwhelming. It is overwhelming. Yeah. So like, I mean, how do you experience that? Because for me, it can often be just, oh, I, it's not a scientific way to describe it. But for me, I just feel the vibe, you know, I feel vibes yeah. off people. <laughs> And Absolutely. it's really, really exhausting. It can, yeah. I guess it depends who you're with. I mean, if you're lucky yeah. and you're with very nourishing people, then it can be great. <laughs> but it can also be really draining, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's interesting that you mentioned sort of the kind of the positive aspects of this kind of sensitivity and introversion and empathy and then the kind of downsides or drawbacks things that are challenges I suppose it's interesting you talk about that because because of I'd be interested to hear your experience of how you navigated this kind of throughout your life because certainly for me I had never heard potentially I'd heard of it but I never knew what it meant to be an introvert and things like that so I was constantly judging the way I was against some some idea of what I thought I should be which is predominantly based on you know I guess the louder people and what they were like and and the message that I received from society so I actually considered many of my introvert superpowers actually to be to be personality flaws I suppose yeah. when I was younger yeah. absolutely yeah I think that's very very common mm. because there's awareness around these different um what is it traits I think it's not would be the correct term to because mm. it's not a disorder it's just a, like a personality trait yeah. that you process things different mm. uh, differently um, yeah, I think that's, that's what I meant at the beginning. It's it's just 
becoming uh, getting to people's awareness it, it's that like that knowledge around it is yet not yet that um widely spread i guess yeah. in society and i know even some psychologists who are brilliant what they do when i remember it wasn't even long ago two years ago i'm thinking of one person and i just mentioned uh the whole idea of being a highly sensitive person and they were like yeah but kind of it's the thing that people often label themselves but it's not really yet you know um uh accepted in the psychological feel or like mm. whatever that part of the profession was and I was like really because there are I mean increasingly also books on how to do for example therapy for the highly sensitive person or whatever out there mm -hmm. um, but I think it's just still that we're trying to navigate like what is this thing uh, how we work with this and you know what what is our strengths and where can we maybe you know you build something else out so we can navigate better in the world mm. if that makes sense yeah absolutely and I know we're going to talk about the kind of downsides of the, uh, attaching ourselves to these labels but in terms of just having the language for it I think for me was a huge turning point in just understanding myself and you know Susan Cain I'm so grateful for Susan Cain <laughs> and, <laughs> yep. and just like I feel like there's something really positive like whether it's whether it's recognized uh in psychology or not I don't know but just something positive about having these labels and like layers of understanding in Absolutely. that sense in, in yeah. being able to access the positive sides of all the traits that we have yeah absolutely I'm mean, same here I think for me it was uh Elaine Aaron's book, I think that's what yeah. she's called, isn't it? That I that someone recommended to me, and I was like, ah. Oh. <laughs> and it's sad because I do sometimes uh, see people who, who don't yet have that knowledge, but clearly the trait, and they still try to really do things and and kind of you know work themselves up if they are not able to do sixteen hours a day or whatever, yeah. or even just twelve or ten hour days. You know, yeah. it's like. Oof you don't have to <laughs> yes yeah and and I just remembered actually I'm pretty sure there's a checklist online isn't there that you can just access for free on the internet about highly sensitive yeah traits. I think so yeah, yeah I think so yeah see I think I, uh see if I can find are... a link yeah yeah um because that might be useful for people listening to this because mm. th the other thing is like ever since I discovered about Susan Cain's book and introversion and did the personality test and all that it's just like I sometimes assume that everyone knows about it, like you said. And, Absolutely. And, yeah, it's it's actually something you don't know until you know, and then it's like your mind has been opened. Yeah, I mean, I don't even remember. I, I was quite lucky that I was already in an environment, I think, before where you were just accepted, yeah. <laughs> so quite conscious people. But to really give it a name, I mean, I think I knew about intra-extroversion, definitely not about high sensitivity. Yes. But it wasn't yeah. It wasn't really clear yet. So yeah, totally, totally what you say. Um, yeah. It makes a difference. So maybe now it might be a good time to move on to what's, what's the problem with tying ourselves <laughs> to labels like this and becoming too attached to them? Um... Well, with, like with most labels, I guess, it's just don't stay there, basically. Mm. <laughs> uh, that's how I would say it. Um, use all the good stuff. I mean, everything that kind of, let's say, empowers you or gives you strength or helps you to, you know, do your life a day and work differently. But then just don't be careful not to shy away from something. And now we're using that word again. Mm. Uh, because you feel like, oh, I'm introverted. You know, I don't like open stages. I don't like the visibility 
if you talk or anyway if it's work or if it's private life or I don't I don't know what is the classic one uh, I can't take all this on because it's too much yes yeah because that's uh, yeah I mean it's it's not that black and white is it mm. <laughs> um yeah. so it's of course it's true especially when you're highly sensitive that your capacity to have a lot happening or something like stress for example is possibly lower than for people who are less sensitive but the beauty is that I mean two things a I think I guess in your work and my work is to you start with designing your days differently right like mm -hmm. once you know you just know you need to do a lot of things differently yeah. to get the same result mm -hmm. um but then yeah it, it I think I'm what I'm trying to say is that I find what is so interesting is that even once you know all these characteristics and symptoms that you can have, there's a lot, lot around maybe <clears throat> also um, emotionally not being in the right place to take the most inspired action, let's say. Mm -hmm. um, and what I find so interesting, and I know this sounds very deep, but that if you look up something like trauma symptoms, and I mean that in a very broad sense, so not just, you know, you've been had, you could have a difficult childhood, but it could yeah. have been something like a critical parent. Yeah. What they normally list is something like, you know, social isolation or avoidance of activities or certain people or places because you feel triggered by them. You're easily startled. You're easily fatigued, exhausted. You're hypervigilant. You're easily overwhelmed. And you're like, oh, hang on. Maybe there's actually more to this than just that my nervous system is naturally attuned in this way. Yeah. Maybe there is, yeah, there are things that I actually can do and work through to make myself stronger does yes. that make sense that makes so much sense and actually having you say that you know and I reflect on it there's definitely things I've it's not just been a case for me that oh I'm an introvert or I'm highly sensitive so I'll just carry on avoiding stuff I've had to work through because I have been really shy in the past like really shy to the point at which it would stop me doing certain activities and and shyness for me isn't something that is a is the same in all situations the shyness levels vary depending on what I'm doing mm. But um, yes, I've definitely had to work through stuff. So like if you were working with someone on this or potentially in your own experience, like how do you dig into that? How do you begin to understand <laughs> what is just the way you're wired and what is something that really would be worth you moving through? That's a good question. Um, <clears throat> I mean, I think first of all, it's watching how someone behaves, uh, which gives you a lot of clues because I think the more free you are within yourself, it shows. Um, mm. And you can still do things in an introverted way or just, you know, don't like doing things, but it's not, you're free around it. So you will have maybe um, also a good reason why you don't do that. I don't mean that as an excuse, but you're just like, you might have even tried it and just like, no, I prefer doing yeah. it this way. Um, but I think what often is more, uh prevalent or what you can then often pick up is if someone has yeah insecurities or something internally where they're just kind of afraid to do something mm -hmm. or um what else could it be um i'm thinking of doing things i mean the other thing would be the overwhelm i guess um yes it's, i'm thinking of something like approach avoidance where they they kind of want to do it actually but they just don't if that mm. makes sense yeah yeah i think so uh, I'm thinking, let me see if I can have, I, I'm thinking of visibility because it's such a classic one. Yeah. Um, 
which I know you have a lot to say yeah. about. And me too. I mean, I have the same journey. Yeah. <laughs> um, where I think often people do want to maybe be seen or be heard or um, be at least validated in what they do. Mm. But they shy away from just giving their opinion or just, you know, standing up next to someone who's maybe more loud and shouty. Mm. And then the question is, yeah, also, I mean, A, where do you want to go long term? Is that actually helpful for you right now? <laughs> um, but also, yeah, what what's stopping you? Like, why why don't you? Yeah. And, and it's, it's, it's sometimes I think that comes almost back to empathy for me. Almost it goes into feeling like usually I find I can feel it better than know it if someone why they're stopping themselves. Yeah. And if they're making an excuse or if they are, um, you know, just feel like they rather do. It's really hard to explain. Just yeah. rather do something else because it suits them better. If yes. That makes sense. Right. I think I know what you're saying because this is something I come up with in myself, but also with my clients. Um, and it's the idea that deep down you really want something. So like what you were saying about wanting to be seen and heard. Like you do really want it, but you're resisting the actions it takes to make that thing happen mm. because yep. they're hard, because they're stretching your comfort zone or because they're f- forcing you to face some, I don't know, so, like with visibility, for example, it could be facing a time in the past where you've been criticized for putting your ideas out there or something like that. Um, but ultimately, I feel that there's a level of peace that comes with not doing things just because they're not the right thing for you versus not doing things because you're scared, but ultimately deep down you want to do it and there's no peace to be found with that. I think yeah. that I think that that, yeah. that we're on the same page there. And it's just, Absolutely. it's not easy. It is really not easy. But yeah, it's it's a fine line, I suppose, between being empowered by the labels and the, and the self-awareness of understanding these personality traits but also constantly questioning yourself and and pushing yourself to, to stretch your comfort zone in other ways. Yeah, and I'm, I'm just thinking while we're talking about it, in a way it's it's almost as what is that energetic or emotional charge that it comes with, isn't it? Mm. Um, because if you want it or if you feel for some reason actually it might be important to the larger three or things that are important to you, then you have this kind of stop and go, like you you want it but you don't. If you the other things usually other things we might like I said often even try and be like oh yeah but it just it's just not it's just not your interest. Yes. Can you think of any examples from your life or your work in which you've had to face something that felt very uncomfortable <laughs> like this, but you've pushed through it and it was actually the right thing? Well, like I said, I mean, I think the best example for me is visibility yeah. because it is so visible. Yeah. <laughs> Um, where, I mean, I'm kind of lucky personally that I always, I mean, even when I was younger, I had um, certain um, opportunities to be on stage. So I knew I always liked that. Mm-hmm. It's still, gosh, even to this day, it still triggers me. Yeah. And social social media was definitely something. I said, why on earth should I be visible on social mm-hmm. media? <laughs> um, that was not something that came natural to me. Um, but then I understood that it can be really um beneficial like say brand wise but also i think you said it it can actually become quite joyful if you take out all this of oh my god i could be rejected or gosh i'm really feeling this very intensely now um yeah 
I've had the same experience and I always bring it up, but this podcast is one of them. And I think, like before I started this podcast, I just thought, it, you know, I had the idea for it. It was there, like in my heart, but my brain was going, no, that's not for you. You're not the right kind of person to do that. Um, but I pushed through and I'm so glad I did. But like the bigger picture of that, I think, is like, if, if sensitive people, introverts, empaths, however you identify, if you can really dig into how you're feeling and stretch your comfort zone when it's right to do so, then the impact that will make is that the result will be more introverts have a voice, more introverts yeah. have a platform, and more introverts hear other introverts talking Absolutely. and identify with that. Yeah. I mean, that that's where I think ultimately for me why it is so important exactly that, because we can talk about changing the system. And some people are doing brilliant work around, you know, how can we be more compassionate or how can mm -hmm. we listen more, which is, I think, super important. But at the same time, when you can empower those more quiet, gentle, you know, people to, let's say, metaphorically speaking, take the stage yeah. and share what's important to them or how do they do things or what is their view on things, that has a massive effect on a system as well yeah because it's not been there for quite a while now yeah yeah absolutely yeah I love that so I mean talking about the kind of system <laughs> and the way things are let's talk about how do we thrive as introverts and sensitive people and empaths in the kind of systems and traditional ways of working and living how do we thrive despite the fact that it may not be um be as friendly as possible as it could be for the way we are um yeah i think it, like it depends where we start for example if it's private life or work mm -hmm. so i think it does come back to where we started out almost first of all being aware of your needs as an introvert yeah. or sensitive person i mean that's where we really we have to start like changing as much as you can or designing as much as you can to suit you meaning going from an open plan office to a uh, you know single what's it called space or yeah. just changing your job and starting your own business because mm -hmm. you have more freedom around what you can do for example um or yeah working in, in something that that's yeah yeah just suits your personality so potentially i don't know could, I, I guess a lot of introverts are drawn to yoga studios or well-being space or something which is just more quiet mm -hmm. <laughs> Um, could be a library, whatever. I, I don't know. Um, it depends really on on the on the um, person, the situation of the yeah. person. Um, and the same, of course, in your private life is like if you, I, I think it's usually because we're not drawn necessarily to hang out with someone who's very loud and doesn't take care of our needs. So I would assume mm -hmm. that if it's let's say your own partner, or family, or something, that we automatically. Um, arrange things in a way that are supportive and it's still important to also speak out what needs you have because mm -hmm. they might not yet be aware of that you need your downtime or that mm -hmm. you can't have a tv running in the background or whatever it is yeah yeah um so i think that really needs to be the first step to really see yeah what what do you need and what nourishes you what makes you stronger um does it need to be more time in nature i, I don't know it depends you know mm. um I don't know if that answered that part of the question, yeah, or if you yeah. would like more examples. Be yeah. 
I, I would love to hear some examples from your kind of life right. and work or potentially <laughs> how you how you've um how you've designed your business around these kind of personality traits as well um well because i'm kind of very like i have a very small business uh it just allows me pretty much any at the moment um yeah it's freedom i mean i can do what i want or mm. not want um there's no one telling me what i have to do i i'm not i i mean i these days i guess we all work from home anyway yeah. mostly. <laughs> but even if i wouldn't i would obviously hang out in environments that i know suit me um to work um what else um i mean because i'm also uh like i said for a while i was quite involved with mindfulness which was a great help because i was already before i did the whole what is high sensitivity thing i was already arranging things to suit a more calmer lifestyle um which could mean things like having a morning routine or you know being very mindful of what kind of distractions i'm having during the day or what i need to switch off um yeah who, who's allowed to interrupt me <laughs> who isn't yeah. kind of that thing um yeah looking after physical health as well i think just have that balance that's uh yeah came luckily even before i started building a business yeah yeah um and can I ask you something else? How do you have the confidence? So some of these things are all within your control and they don't involve other people. But when they do involve other people, how do you have the confidence to speak your needs clearly to them? Um, yeah, that's interesting because I was just thinking, because now we spoke about the first step almost. And now I think what came later on for me, and I'm still working on it, I guess most of us still do, is then, yeah, building yourselves to that, level where you can start more going out into the world again and saying okay i need this or i yeah. want that or i need you to do this for me without recoiling and being like oh my god they could reject me yeah. <laughs> uh, and it can still be triggering again this is the whole discussion around is this just high sensitivity might be could also have other causes um and that for me has a lot to do with um yeah i think emotional maturity or stability in a way for me personally to to be able to not uh to stay in there to kind of you know stay, hold my ground and to be comfortable with being uncomfortable for a while mm. again it's a bit what we said before because there's a price at the end <laughs> um and then but not overdoing it either uh yeah and then kind of coming back from that and I, so that, that's for me really but that's because I'm not just sensitive I know I have other stuff from my past that I need to work yeah. through um yeah so for me I know it's a lot of being emotionally okay with that um and also that's a that's the one way I'm sometimes still struggle a bit to put it into words again yeah. <laughs> um to it's it's also acknowledge to um yeah just ask, know that you can ask for things that know you know you, it's linked to your own self-esteem and to your own self-worth and all these things where it's almost yeah you're okay to have conflict you're okay to upset people you you it's just a way of being okay with being uncomfortable to yeah. some extent but mm -hmm. the more you do it you're not actually uncomfortable anymore that it's more like building a muscle for me Yes, Does that makes sense. I agree. It has been the case for me too, and it's sort of it's sort of like what we were saying about trying things in your business, like visibility. It feels uncomfortable, but it's ultimately the right thing for you. 
Um, and for me, what comes up is just like, yeah, this idea of it's okay to have boundaries that, yeah, and, and they may not be the usual boundaries that some people are used to if they happen to be very extroverted or not highly sensitive or whatever. But mm. if you Absolutely. are able to explain them a little, then I've, I've, it's certainly been my, my experience that people are understanding this more, even if they don't happen to fall into those categories themselves, which is really lovely. Yeah, I mean, definitely. Um, even though, and it depends on who's in front of you, I guess, if you how much you want to explain. But and also, and again, that's something I'm still learning, and it's been I had less opportunity to improve over the last couple of months than normally. Yeah. Um, uh, to just say okay and I need this or I want that and just leave it at that again the first yeah. few times might be very uncomfortable yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and just yeah be okay with that and see what the other person makes out of that yeah like not adding loads of reasons or excuses anything, just be like this yeah. is what I need and that's a fact mm. and and also that just makes me think like and going back to like why it's useful to have all these personality tests and labels is just that it validates your feelings so just like yeah constantly remembering your feelings are valid your personality is valid what you need absolutely. is absolutely yeah. yeah and it's building yourself really stronger i mean that's how i see it it's just really uh yeah making you matter more <laughs> in the world and mm-hmm. we are often not used to that yeah i mean so many of us we're not used to that and yeah. it's it's and, and it comes kind of back to that often especially in western society certain things are accepted more traditionally so of course we come in as possibly even more self-doubt like is that okay to ask the cab driver to turn the radio off <laughs> kind yeah. of thing mm-hmm. yeah. um i think my teacher she often uses um the example of if, if you can't ask for something start with something as simple of asking for the salt in the restaurant because maybe you're not even used to asking for anything at all and start there even if you don't need it <laughs> just ask yes. for it yes that's so interesting because I used to find it very hard to ask for anything like yeah in a, like something like as simple as that and you yeah. just like reminded me of that fact by sharing that so, yeah, yeah. yeah because it, it brings I mean again that could easily lead into what might have happened during childhood or why it's not comfortable for you to ask for these things um, but let's just leave it as for some reason it's not uncomfortable and we're having a big reaction to it yeah and is this reaction helpful for us or is it not and do we want to change it yeah yeah and i guess that asking for the salt it's like logically you know that's a completely safe situation like there's no repercussions to that you're just in a restaurant so that's like a good place to start yeah i like that <laughs> yeah or you could ask i think i did that with a stewardess once i um i don't know as water i asked them for something i kind of knew that i wouldn't be able to give it to me anyway <laughs> but yeah. i was just like i have to practice this now yeah. <laughs> so yeah just use those situations where you know say they don't can't hurt anyone really but it might be good practice if if you're not yet at a stage where you feel comfortable with that yeah. because then that leads of course back to how you do work and life because um you know you can't like how do you ask a staff member for something if you feel uncomfortable how do you you know I'm thinking even selling, like, how do you ask for, hey, do you like this? If you just feel like, oh, they could reject me or they could do something now. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And actually, it sort of ties into the next question I want to ask you. This idea that, you know, as highly sensitive or like empathic people, 
you care a lot or you, you spend a lot of time worrying, caring for other people. And I was just really curious to hear your thoughts about that because I know you mentioned it as a potential talking point and I know that a lot of people listening to this, I mean, it's relevant to all areas of life and business, but obviously I mainly talk about business and and caring about our audience, caring about the people we're selling to comes up as a massive, not for everyone, but for for a good chunk of people, it can be a bit of a block to actually putting your own needs as a business owner at the like at the forefront so I'd be really curious to hear what you feel about this idea of you know empaths putting other people first basically um yeah that's another great question um I actually wouldn't see it like you show someone care I mean yes by putting them first but the question is how do you put them first Mm. um I guess it's different things. So one thing you mentioned is sales, which mm-hmm. is ten, ten would be more like you, I guess, reaching out to someone and saying, "Hey, uh, look, this awesome thing. I think you could potentially be really something you enjoy is good for you. Are you interested?" To make it really simple here, uh, where I think you would already do someone a disservice, of course, if you don't let them know exactly. that you have this awesome yeah. thing. <laughs> um, so it's not sure if that's you could say is that still caring if you just hide something beneficial from someone? Yeah, it's like a misplaced idea that it's about caring, but it's yeah, it's. I don't think it's caring. I mean, yes, mm. you might don't want to spam someone, but I guess most sensitive people wouldn't do that anyway. We're usually way too far on the end of, oh, I don't even want to mention that I have this awesome thing here. Mm. <laughs> um, I think the other thing, I don't know if you're referring to things like where, I think you do that very beautifully, if, that you have things, boundaries, as in, okay, I'm only available to answer yeah. your email mm-hmm. in this time or something. Yeah. Um, again, I think most people are very understanding because they see there's a human person there and not a machine. Uh, and that, you know, especially, again, maybe maybe you want to explain that then you can um, be more present for them actually during the times that you are available. Like, I don't even know if you need that. I mean, I'm thinking even uh, Tim Ferriss, who I would assume is not an introverted, Mm -hmm. sensitive Mm -hmm. person, uh, I think suggests for our work week to, you know, have just say, okay, I only pick up my emails once a week. Otherwise, reach me there. Mm -hmm. There's no explanation there. Just do it. Uh, (laughs) And I wonder... Sorry, I I just I wonder if I think this may be an example of what you were saying earlier about you're attaching this yourself to the label of being an empath and and avoiding doing certain things that are good for you under the guise of being an empath when actually you can still be an empath with really strong boundaries. You can still Absolutely. be an empath who sells your stuff really well online. Oh, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Again, again, it reminds me of Susan Cain, isn't that a kind but tough or something at the beginning mm. when, when she uh, tells her own story as a lawyer mm. uh, or gentle and tough or something? I don't know. No, no that maybe doesn't make sense. Um, yeah, I mean, but I don't even think you have to be, I wouldn't call it tough necessarily. It's, yeah, exactly. I mean, you're just no help to anyone if you're overstretch yourself or exhausted. I mean, what can you give to your clients if you or your customers if you have no energy left because you've been trying to do everything everywhere? <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, that, that's just not helping anyone. It's the same with your mother or something. You know, you, you need to make sure. The, I'm thinking of um, 
uh, gas masks, not gas masks, uh, uh, oxygen masks yes. in, the, yeah. um, in the plane. You have to put the one on for yourself first. <laughs> Otherwise, you can't be on any help for anyone. And you can't give, you know, to another passenger or to your child if, if you're not in a good state. Yeah, absolutely. I really hope that this will encourage people listening to, um, yeah, think about how they can um, put things into place that honour their own needs a bit more. Yeah. Um, I kind of just I just feel like let's do one more <laughs> spin on, on sales because um, mm-hmm. it's it's so often that this idea that you know it's it's not kind to sell yeah I, I just really want to uh, challenge that I mean yeah. it de- I guess it depends but it, especially when we're talking you know about your audience or I guess the people you and me are mostly drawn to or work with mm-hmm. we are not selling anything that's hurtful to anyone. <laughs> um, I mean, I kind of already said it, but it's, it's. I'm just thinking, oh, I can get another spin on that. Um, maybe really to ask yourself, like what's really your motivation to not reach out or to not offer yeah. something? Um, and is that really like beneficial for the other person? Or is that like, start with yourself? Because again, I mean, I'm just speaking from what own experience or what I see, it's it's so often linked to what we said before, our own insecurities or often, you know, we're not comfortable with saying, showing, speaking, being visible, all, all the things we mentioned before that somehow mm-hmm. we're not yet in the state, uh, um, in a state where we're just freely sharing our beautiful gifts or whatever mm. it is, like like a kid, you know, if, if you have a kid and they show you their painting, uh, you know, that, that can be really beautiful. <laughs> if they just show it freely and then even though you can't recognize anything on that painting, it's beautiful. You do want to see it, right? Yeah, absolutely. And thank you for saying that again, because I think that, I mean, we can't say it enough. There's, I know so many people listening to this will need to hear that. So it's really important. Yeah. Okay, so I could talk to you about this all day, but (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to have to wrap things up. I've got a couple of quick questions. So before every guest comes on, I always ask them what's a question that they would put forward. And your question was, um, what's your biggest breakthrough in regards to sensitivity versus shyness? And I feel like I actually touched on that with my journey earlier when I I honestly think it was a massive breakthrough for me to realise that shyness isn't a um, constant trait I always just thought I'm shy. And again, this is going back to labels. I always just thought I'm shy, that's that. But it's not in all situations and it's not at the same level all the time. And that's been really, really helpful for me, especially in terms of the journey I've been on with visibility, starting this podcast, putting myself out there online, working with clients. You know, it's been a massive breakthrough, that kind of understanding. Is there anything that you can speak to with your own kind of breakthrough? In, in regards to understanding your sensitivity sensitivity better? Oof, um, it's so very similar to what you said, yeah. really. <laughs> um, I mean, kind of what we already mentioned is, is first of all, knowing in which ways you, I'm different mm. and honoring that. Um, I'm just thinking if I have any concrete example. Um, yeah, I mean, like I like, I think I mentioned that before. I'm um, quite boundaried around when I like to talk to people or something like that. Um, 
yeah, yeah. I think we, we already mentioned, yeah. uh, spoke about that. Yeah. Um, what was the second part of that question? How um, the biggest breakthrough around sensitivity? Was there something yeah, else to that? Yeah, you asked me around sensitivity and shyness, especially with visibility. Yeah. Um, well, the other part then is really... Um, the, um, let's call it empowerment or something to to like I said not just stay there mm. but to be able to handle the more difficult situations as well mm. um, which I'm still learning but it's getting better and better and uh, that's so beautiful to see where you're like yeah I'm different and I, I can have the exact same impact or even more if I use that as a strength mm. and get myself in the state where I can just then you know yeah. be strong in that in an environment which is not just attuned to, uh, just, you know, focused on sensitives or introverts, but just general. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Thank you. Um, okay. And one random question before we finish. <laughs> if you could never work again, how would you spend your time? Uh, um, um, well, I think a lot of it would be the same because a lot of this work has to do with knowing myself. <laughs> and that, that part, yeah, that part wouldn't stop, I think. Like sometimes thinking, oh, you should learn more about this or that, and then I come back to that. <laughs> um, yeah. I need to put a bit more of, of I think, my, my creative side. I mean, it's, it's always in there, but yeah. the, the performing side of myself, um, yeah, maybe a bit more of that. I don't, I don't know, maybe not, <laughs> but yeah. definitely something to play with. Isn't it amazing that your work is something that you'd want to do even if you didn't oh, yeah. have to? I love that. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Oh, <laughs> thank you so much, Nicolina. This was just such a great conversation. And I know that people are really going to enjoy this. Thank you. If you want to find out more about Nicolina, you can find her website at nicolinawertha.com. She is also on Instagram at nicolina.wertha. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Creatively Human. If you have a moment, I'd be so grateful if you could rate and review the podcast. It really does make a difference. And if you'd like to carry on the conversation or ask a question for a future Q&A episode, there are three ways to connect with me. On the Facebook group, on Instagram, at Ruth Poundwhite, or my personal favourite, my behind-the-scenes newsletter. Just go to ruthpoundwhite.com forward slash newsletter to subscribe. And keep doing what you're doing because your work really does matter.